Welcome, everyone, to another week of the baddest podcast on TV, film, and entertainment. TV channeling, annaling, annaling, annaling. I love that you're in an echo chamber with me. We only hear ourselves. We only hear ourselves. Y'all don't matter. You don't matter. <laughs> anyway, oh how gosh. are you, Kevin? I am good, Tachi. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. And, and you know, I'm happy that you asked me because usually you don't give a damn. So I'm very <laughs> happy that you asked me. Well, I care. It's just that our listeners, they don't care how we are. They want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment. Is this your way of trying to rush me? No, that's that's their way of trying to rush us. Oh, so. Put it on them. Blame I the just beehive. I just I yield to our listeners because we <laughs> love the them beehive. so All much. Right. <laughs> I love them so much. And it's a great time for them to go ahead and uh, like and subscribe to our show. Wow. That comes at the end, Kevin. But OK. Well, okay. you know what? I'm just I'm mixing it up every once in a while and asking them at the beginning of the. You know what? Let's not wait around till the end. You can go ahead. It isn't, isn't that taxing to hit subscribe right now. Now you can, then you can focus on the show, or they can leave. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about what's going on in this show because we have a lot of cool things to talk about. First, there is. All, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. So go ahead. Go ahead. First of all, our 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 summer series, the Bad Girls and Boys of Summer 2019, continues, mm. Mm. and these just aren't bad girls. These are badass girls. And the show is actually called A Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO. And it actually stars one of TV Channeling's favorite people, comedians slash actresses, Robin Thede. I am still wearing black because I'm in mourning over the loss (laughs) of the rundown with Robin Thede. You and me both. That was one of the most brilliant, funny, salient shows of the year, if you ask me. So, wait, was it canceled last year? The it was last canceled. episode it was, canc- was last year. Yeah, right? last year. And, you know, and also, honestly, it was too good for BET. Let's be real. From the I, I, very start, it was just like, why is this on BET? I'm not that, even hating. I was just uh, impressed that BET got had a show of such caliber. How very dare you, BET? Yeah, can't, it should have The reason why it was canceled because it was too good for them. They didn't deserve you, Robin. They didn't deserve you. <laughs> it should have been on HBO from the jump. Let's it should have be been on H- absolutely HBO, or at the very least, it should have been on Comedy Central because Comedy Central absolutely blew it. They had, they had her because she was she was a writer for the Larry Wilmore show. Right. And what they should have immediately done is sign her up and give her her own show. It would have it would have been a great companion piece for because uh, they still haven't been able to find a uh, uh, a show to follow. Um, for the uh, Daily Show, the Daily Show, they they keep putting things in, they keep flopping. It reminds me of back in the day with Friends, where every every like uh three or four months there'd be a new show that would follow Friends, and then it would quickly be canceled, and they'd stick a new show in that slot, and it would be much heralded as like this is a big deal, and then it would get quickly dispatched, and then they'd fill in another one in the slot, and so that's what's happening over there on Comedy Central. They can't find anything to follow it. Robin Thede would have been perfect, and they had her. They let her slip through their fingers. I Well, and then, you know, BET, with their sad state of affairs, tried to pick her up. But I don't know if it's because they've 
develop such a ratchet audience. They haven't been able to to develop the type of people because that was a smart, funny show. And you have to have some level of, of you know what? You didn't even have to because Robin Feedy broke down current affairs so well that even if you had no clue of who these people were, she explained them and she explained them with funny. So maybe they just underestimated their audience. Or maybe yeah, well, well, first of all, you know, is, is was BET ever known for smart programming? Yeah, no, they did used to back in the day have some smart pro- uh, programming, Our Voices with Bev Smith. They used to have an e- evening news program. They did have some very smart, intelligent public affairs programming. Well, what, wait, wait, wait. I think well, there's a key phrase in what you just said. Used to. Right. Well, you asked, did they, were they ever? Ever. So, yeah, but how, so, how many and years I'm, ago? I'm answering you. But how many tense? years yes. ago was that programming? <laughs> well, you didn't ask how many years ago. You just asked, did they ever? And I oh, said, okay. yes, well, they fine. did. Yeah. Well, I, I should have said, okay, in recent memory, have they ever had any kind oh, of Well, smart... then the conversation is quite different. No. Hell no. Okay, yeah. So, anyway, they, they ruined it. They lost her. her. Their loss is HBO's gain. Honestly, I actually wanted her to host basically another version of the rundown on HBO and have it follow either um, a Real Time with Bill Maher or have it uh, uh, follow, um, the, uh, what's it called, um, John Oliver's show. Um, um, that airs on Sunday night. So I'm happy that she has a gig. I'm happy she's on TV. So let's talk a little bit about the show. Um, it's as, as I said before, it's on HBO, and they Great. describe it. They describe it. This is the synopsis for the show that they worked really hard on: a sketch comedy series from comedian slash actress uh, actor uh, Robin Thede, featuring a cast of black women and celebrity guest. And who got paid for that one? Yeah, not me. Because if I, I would have been, I would have had a little bit more to say than that. I don't know the people who are in charge of writing synopsises for shows and movies. I don't know how they're getting a check. Is their dad? Does their dad own the studio or something? I don't know what's going on. Or mom, quite possibly. Or mom. Or mom. Yes, yes, yes. Let's not be gender specific here. All right. Well, since we're so, <laughs> does their parent own a studio? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Let's let let let's look at it that way. So, since we're so excited to talk about this, we have to do some clock blocking today because I know we can go over. So, twenty five mm-hmm. minutes on the clock. Well, as you set the clock, I would li- I'd like to say when uh, a better description for the show is it's kind of like um, Issa Rae's show uh, Insecure um, had a baby with SNL, and, and I guess and the Godfather would probably be the kids in the hall. Yes, I see a lot of kids in the hall esque m- movements here. So. So you're going to ask me the question, Kevin? Oh, oh, Tachi. So, what did you think of HBO's A Black Woman? Uh, wait, is it a black woman or black lady? Now, see, so you just made up stuff. <laughs> wait a minute. A black lady sketch show. So, first of all, let me say that I absolutely love that it comes, it makes the acronym, it's A-B-L-S-S, which spells a bliss. I, I, I just think that's brilliant. So I don't know. I think Robin Feedy is that brilliant that she may have done it purposely, but whatever, it works. When you, when you, when you teach a master class about this show five years from now, I'm, I, I, this is going to be one of the first uh, 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 chapters on the show is actually the acronym created by the name of the show and the deeper meaning within. 
But let me tell you, there's a whole bunch of Hotep, um, <laughs> Hotep uh, academics, right? Black academics right now, writing as we speak on the existential meaning. They're already doing it, so they beat me to the punch. I know okay. them. <laughs> I, I know them. Oh, well, you know what? Well, I, I, what is the deeper meaning in the opening of the show that features the puppets in the opening credits? Is it the fact that black women have basically been the puppets of the white patriarchy? Or is it that this woman was just ashy? <laughs> 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 and she had to scratch the fog away. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. Um, let's let's uh, do you want to talk about specifically some of the different sketches? Because it's the show is and doesn't have just one story. It has a bunch of little stories uh, each and every week. And so the first story was called The Fog. Yes, yes. And the, the interesting thing is, unlike so many other sketch shows, which put things in huge chunks. So think about SNL. And again, there's a difference with SNL because of the fact that there are commercials and uh, it's on network television. But they put things in a, in a huge chunk and then they go to break. But even with some of the other sketch shows that are not network, they seem to do that as well. Give you things in like a huge chunk and then they, they go to break, right? So this just keeps coming, 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 coming. There's like no break at all unless you choose to take a break. So, all right. So the first, there's the the fog, the one in the fog. I was like, okay, it gave me this kind of Harriet Tubman-ish feel at first. I don't know if you felt that. Oh yeah, because well, basically what's happening is a woman. We see her running through this dark, uh, this uh, dark forest, and there's like a an eerie, mysterious fog that's coming, and she's fleeing it because it. She thinks it, it doesn't bode well, and she encounters a friend in the forest, and like, what are you running from? She's like, the, the, the ominous fog, and so her, and her friend's like, you know, well, well, what's going on in the? Uh, what's with the fog? And she goes, I don't know. Am I a fogologist? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, let's just run. And her friend. Goes, well yeah because you're a virgo you always be knowing him some random stuff so i thought that you might know what was happening with it no, i know my thing is like i was like is the explanation uh, necessary now can you just run and talk about the fog later <laughs> run now talk fog later and so there you know they get almost up on the fog well the fog almost gets up on them during that whole explanation thing and they're the ah and then they they run so then in the process of of this fog happening and nearly overcoming them we zoom out to see um Yvonne Orgy who plays Molly in Insecure on an airplane scratching and at first I didn't know that it was part of the same it was skit. connected no it was I didn't brilliant know it, was it was brilliant Yes, I had no clue it was connected. So she was scratched. She was like, damn, I'm ashy. And I was like, yeah, you are. <laughs> That's some, some ash. So she then proceeds to take out some lotion and quench her skin. And then they zoom back. This is when I realized it was connected. It, they, it zooms back to this, um, this Harriet Tubman running from the fog type thing. And it's just, it's, it's brilliant. Because it's like, girl, you you know, you're always overreacting. Like, they were overreacting to things. So I guess they were supposed to be skin cells? 
No, no, but the idea was that 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 she was when they were arguing about what the fog is, she, and she was saying like, it's an ominous fog. It's never anything good in ominous fog, and and so uh, she goes, you think it's going to basically clear up your acne and make your skin nice, or um uh you know, or solve your problems? Uh, it's ominous fog. But when they get caught, the fog over does overtake them, and then after the fog clears, it's like, oh my god, our skin is so soft. So like, the fog basically moistened their skin, and then we cut back to the woman on the plane and the lotion that she's putting on her skin. Is called the fog. The fog. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's like a commercial for the fog. <laughs> so yes, it turns out that it's actually sometimes there is good stuff in ominous fog. But yes, I guess. But you know, the funny thing is, I was looking at the bottle. I was like, you know, good and damn well that that's some Palmer's skin success. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Again, when, I love how you watch this with a critical eye. <laughs> I do spotting products. <laughs> I did. I was like, you know, it was blanked out. I was like, oh, that is some damn Palmer's. But that was brilliant because every black person generally knows Palmer's in terms because of the cocoa butter lotion. So it's an easily recognizable symbol of ashing things away. So it was brilliant that they used that as a symbol. Well, they don't call this a black lady sketch show for nothing, Taji. Well, well, I'm starting to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another part that was really funny to me was while they were uh, Robin and a group of her friends are hanging out in the living room and they're ta- they're playing the game Never Have I Ever. And with where you basically say, you know, I've never done something, and then you're challenging basically the other people that you're uh, in the group to basically, you can play that game very evilly, where it's just like, oh, Tachi, never have I ever cheated with someone, uh, someone else with their with a cousin's boyfriend, and then your yes. cousin is right there, and so you can't say no that you have never ever, which would out you that you have cheated, and so they're playing that game. But the part that was really funny was. One of them friends says, like, you know, never have the one friend that does just just that. She goes, I never have I ever cheated with my uh, with my cousin's man. And then um, and then they all kind of look at the at, at uh, Robin and she's like, I'm sorry, girl. I, I slept with your ex, Dre. And so then she goes, oh, it's OK. He has a Flintstone. We'll say penis because this is a yes. family show. And yes. so uh, one of the other friends like, what the hell is a Flintstone's penis? And so she goes, oh, you got to use your feet, your feet to make to it make work. It work. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. Oh my god. This is HBO, you guys. This is HBO. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, we wouldn't get this level of, you. though I dearly miss the rundown with Robin Feedy, we wouldn't have been run down like this on BET. Oh, so- by the way, Rob, Robin, if you happen to hear the show, because word on the street is you're a huge fan. If you could, if you could basically DM me uh, a copy of your theme song from uh, the rundown, that theme song was everything. Why isn't it available on Spotify? I need that theme song. It was by Questlove, and it was everything. Yes, yes, no, that was everything. I hope oh my god! And when she it. would and when she would come out and body roll to her theme song, I was just oh my god! I need more of that, Robin. Please. <laughs> okay, we'll try and make that happen. I'll, Hook I'll... a podcaster up. I know, right? Maybe I have people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so that those in fact they did those two little interludes twice, um, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, they visited, they revisited. I think like three times they revisited three the times, friends because right. they, then they did a thing that was really funny with the with the friends in the living room when they talk about the whole idea of canceling people and they were arg- arguing about who is canceled and what. So in other words, when someone like uh like uh Bill Cosby does something, okay, we know Bill Cosby's canceled, but is everybody and everything connected to him canceled as well? Right. And so someone was saying like, okay what happens if I walk into somebody's house and they're watching Naked Gun and then the part with O.J. Simpson comes on and so like can I still watch it and like no you need to leave immediately <laughs> leave their house immediately and don't look back and so <laughs> it was really it was funny but it was it's true when it comes to there's there's been so many different incidences and so many different people and at one point they're saying like oh you have a picture of John Travolta on your phone from uh uh, what's the name of that movie? Uh, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah. And that was produced by Harvey Weinstein. Exactly. Delete. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> but it brings it. You know, the fun, it, it's funny as hell, but it brings up the thing. It's serious. It's like, all right, do you 86 everything and everyone around because a certain individual has touched it? No, it was a very fair question. It was funny to see how far it can go. But the truth is, when it comes, the hard thing about things like with, like with Bill Cosby, and I do, I genuinely feel bad for the rest of the cast because he was the star of the show. The, the show is his name. It's you can't kind. Of, it's one thing if somebody's a side character. I'll be honest. I'll talk about myself. I was a huge fan of Seinfeld. I watched every episode of Seinfeld. Then we had the whole thing with, um, oh my God, what's his name? Isn't Mike? it Richard something? Uh, Michael Richards. Okay. When Michael Richards went off on stage the, uh, at the comedy store uh, here in uh, L.A. And he started calling uh, someone uh, in the audience the N-word repeatedly. He just kind of lost it. And I don't know if he thought he was being funny or whatever, but it felt like, no, you just this man just snapped. And... I'm Seinfeld was canceled for me. I could not watch another episode. I have not watched one since that incident. He ruined the reruns for me. I can't revisit it. It's forever tainted. And I feel the same way about the cause. And he wasn't even the star. It wasn't like Jerry Seinfeld said it, even though I didn't like him because he kind of he didn't co-sign. But what he tried to do was defend Michael Richards after the incident and right, tried to make they it. They were on um, what's the name? The, not the Tonight he was show. on the David Letterman show, David and, Letterman. He, and he tried mm-hmm. to basically say like you know, kind of like, hey, everybody's being kind of rough on him. It's just like, um, yeah, and deservedly so. And so he was also canceled. I have not watched one episode of comedians in cars as long as one of those comedians is jerry seinfeld they can drive right on by yeah, well and and this is the thing i don't think you would be trying to uh, defend if it was like eddie murphy or something that was talking about no wonder they baked you in ovens exactly so, so it just it, so the the idea that yeah also honestly i actually do think it was a money thing because at the time that he was defending him the show was about was going into syndic some kind of big syndication deal and um i think he was trying to basically make basically keep his show viable and um it is for many people it doesn't bother them that michael in fact it might even be a bonus for them that he was using the n-word um but for me it it was the end of that show for me and so um the same thing with Cosby. He's the star. He's in almost every scene. So it's kind of hard when you're looking at somebody who's like, you know, raped, you know, 
dozens and dozens of women mm-hmm. uh, and, and just like oh he's the father of the year on a show I yeah I can't I feel bad for the rest of the cast I feel bad for all the money that the, from the different networks that dropped it that they were getting residuals maybe not a huge amount but that's still income that they've lost because of his shenanigans and so when you exactly that, uh, that, you see what you did to Elvin he already was you know who had to work at Trader at Joe's Trader yeah. Joe's which is a great job but the thing is it's like that's an addition to some you know the residuals and stuff you get now it's like there's nothing so when you do things like that it's 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 extremely selfish because not only are you hurting the people you hurt directly but you indirectly hurt all these other people so yeah you're canceled well also i do think it also um this this taking a side direction but yeah uh, will, so we gotta uh, rain it but back i'll make, I'll make one more point comment about it that it, it uh, for people that are bigger i don't mind like kids and people who are new to the business it's one thing but people who have names who choose to work with people that there are rumors about and basically open secrets about how their behavior then you get what you deserve because felicia rashad also canceled when she came out defending bill cosby i'm like bye rudy sorry mrs huxtable i'm, I'm and, uh, rudy too i'm just like mm-hmm. yeah i'm not watching you on any kind of your ratchet things you might do with uh Tyler Perry. Oh no. yeah, Keisha, Keisha, Poli- Keisha, Keisha Napoleon. Yeah. I don't care that she is my soror. You should have used better. Judge. Better judge. No, once you, I, I when people come out there and defend like rapists and abusers, and so I just I can't. I'm just you're you're done. Well. So back to the comedy. back to the so back <laughs> to the uh, uh, back to a bliss. <laughs> so oh, one next- other thing. What do you think of the? Okay, there was a character. I don't know about you, but I felt like it was a a, a parody of Rachel Dolezal. Oh wait, the I, I'm trying to remember her name. I was trying to look for her name because I forgot to write it down. But the one that's pre PhD. Yes, <laughs> yes. That was the what, best what, title did, ever. Did you, did you write her down her name? I'm I did not write her name down, but I did write I did write down pre PhD because I'm going to be using that wherever I go. Yes, yeah. No, but the funny thing is, I was dying because that. What well, you remember? How I told you they're like I'm, I don't send me any think pieces because I know there's going. That's exactly how we are, and I'm I'm counting myself around that because when you're a black woman and you're an academic so you're either quote pre-phd which is really you know not the term but pre-phd or you have a phd everything becomes about uh explaining and defending and uh, exploration of these black topics so the way she did i'm like that is so us that is so us down to the um the very intricately tied turban (laughs) (laughs) well the name of her the name of her book is philosophizer yes philosophizer yes i I was okay it it was so and it's funny because i'm actually in a group on facebook that is uh full of like phds and uh somebody posted this uh said uh posted her name the according she put um down the a quote and then according to such and such such and such such and such uh pre-phd oh my, i no. died <laughs> i didn't even i didn't write down all the quotes but i had to write down some of them because they were just so crazy and yes. i hope that this has to be a character that's an ongoing character on the show that will be revisited because i i need more i need backstory robin i need i need us to go back a prequel about her how she got started okay so one of the things she said, one of the she gives you a whole bunch of quotes from her uh, from her book, and I'll tell you the title of the book, which is super funny. Which I with this, which is why I absolutely think it's Rachel Dolezal. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, white uh, white people will have you think, uh, will have you have you believe that our original sin is our existence. 
Yes. But their original sin is putting raisins in food <laughs> where it does not belong. <laughs> Oh my god! And then, and she goes. Jesus only ate his grandma's oh, mac, mac and cheese, and, cheese. Yeah. and so do I. <laughs> like what? First of all, it's it's like you know that's that's the type of deep thinking rubbish that we sometimes do because it's like. Did they even have cheese in ancient Samaria? Let's be, let's be real. Okay, they didn't eat the cheese the way, and certainly not Velveeta. So uh, that was hilarious. Okay, his gra- so he, they- you know, he, he loved his grandma's mac and hummus. But, um- <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, wait, but there's, a, there's another priceless quote I have to share. Okay. Uh, okay. You have to ignore the empirical evidence yes. that contradicts your beliefs. Yes. Uh, uh, think about it. Empirical empire yes free jesse yes free your mind <laughs> i was free thinking about in vogue you. free in vogue <laughs> i was just like oh I my god i was thinking about you as soon as she said empire i was like oh shit <laughs> oh i was thinking about you with that no hilarious okay here's another one that she said i reject geometry because a triangle is just a white person turned upside down <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Oh my gosh. Uh, I no, was like, was, what? <laughs> it was all kinds of wrong. It was all kinds of wrong. So, <laughs> and then, oh, the name of her self published book. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because these you know wise words come from is called I Hate My Green Eyes and Ham. <laughs> yes. And it, the cover is a parody of the Green Eggs and Ham cover. Oh my God. I need that. For, that's another thing. Okay, Robin, you need to actually write that book, needs to come out. That I need that's Everybody's getting it for Christmas. Please, please fill it with quotes. I, I need that book for, I need it to be on my bookshelf. I, 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 not my bookshelf, I'm sorry. On my coffee table i hate my green eyes and <laughs> oh they could totally spin this whole that whole thing into merch totally spin oh it my into god merch. just t-shirts with all t-shirts the t-shirts alone yes yeah uh robin you're welcome we've gotten you another income stream there okay and before we before i get uh, uh clock blocked i need to mention uh uh there was a uh, uh there was a badass bitch support group Yes. Uh, uh, that was so hysterical, and it was the the support group was being led by the badass bitch and chief, Angela Bassett. Yes. Yes. That was it. Was this? It was so hysterical, and so one uh one of the uh, women in the support group was daring to kind of step outside the box, and she uh sh- she began to ask, you know, is is it okay to maybe just try to be uh okay, bitch? And she goes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and she said, um, she talked about the idea, like you know, I'd like to maybe sit down for five minutes without wearing a waist trainer. You know, is that wrong? And then um. And then I love when uh, Robin basically claps back at her. She was like, is this bitch trying to take a deep breath? Yes, I want to breathe. <laughs> but it is so real. That is the when you look at that and you look at Instagram and, the, you know, the thing now is like these super tiny waists. Yeah, some of it is natural, but a lot of it is not. A lot of it is those waist trainers. And so it's like you see people with these waist trainers on and they can barely breathe, organs being squashed into soup. And it's 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 a real thing. So I'm so glad that they brought that up. Oh, and then one of the other 
Oh, God, go I was going to say, one of the other women in the group was like, oh, you, you can breathe when you're dead, honey. Exactly. <laughs> oh, because Laverne Cox was in that, too. Yes. No, it was it was everything. Laverne Cox and Angela Bassett. And Angela Bassett. They had some good star power in, the, in this No, And it was episode. a good twist in the end, because I, I I won't say what the whole twist is, but I will say they're uh, a little, it, it involves a little medication called Foxycodone. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. And the whole thing is the whole thing was a ploy to push that so that's the whole the foxycodone so there's the pharmaceutical yeah the the impossible beauty standards that uh women hold themselves to exactly exactly again we can do a dissertation you can do a dissertation just on this episode alone taji i I really could but i'm not going to because you know (laughs) sometimes i just want to be i don't always have to be the academic sometimes i just want to be how about that you know, with some academic spice thrown in here and there. Well, I was watching this episode with a pencil behind my ear, so that's how intently <laughs> I was watching the time. Huh. Okay, so wait a minute. The name of the okay, the what? Where are my background singers? Oh, you mean that the ice that the the ice cream uh, song? The ice cream. Yes, I was like, well, first of all, they really. It, it's interesting because they took on these male personas of like a nineteen fifties. What do you, what do you yeah, call them? Like the Temptations. Yeah, yeah, the Temptations kind of, uh, uh, the, the OJs. Platters, the OJs. Yeah, all those kinds Take of groups. These. Exactly. And I was like, okay, they got a little choreography or whatever. And the funny thing is, if you've ever seen, uh, what is the movie with uh, Robert Townsend? One of my favorite The Heartbeats movies. or something? The, the Five Heartbeats. That's one of my favorites. It had that Five Heartbeats type thing because, you know, you always had that lead singer that was fair-skinned, that thought they were pretty, and was better than everybody else. And you could see the way he was or she, Robin Thede, was playing him like, yeah, I got something for y'all. Well, what was really like, funny was the, the tying basically cl- classic kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Motown music, and then today's misogyny, how it's put in. And so basically, it's a sweet song about holding hands, and I want to hold your hand on ice cream uh, parlor is the name of the song. And then, but he basically starts talking about he's gonna what he's gonna do to all women in the audience, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna f you, I'm gonna f you, and everybody's and, and how they're reacting to it because one thing that i've always thought was crazy is when you'll see like uh girls at a concert and and these rappers will be rapping like you know like and, I, and then i'll like I'll slap that hoe and they're like shaking their ass to that i'm like why are you wait why are you like raising the roof for the slap in the hoe song every oppressor has collaborators remember that and they pointed that out in in this so i mean see another part of the dissertation tachi another yes. part of the dissertation another part of the dissertation <laughs> wow wow i hope I, again i hope i get college credit for this episode um okay oh <laughs> well we don't have time to answer that question oh so, i'm gonna get my college credit oh. oh too 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 late too late all right well we're clock it's, blocked it's time for me to ask the question that i love to ask tachi um and again just to give me people an idea before we i ask you the question literally there's like five or six more sketches for us to talk about that we the clock blocked us from talking about so it was a lot packed into that half hour a lot of show so tachi when it comes to a black lady sketch show on hbo are you going to keep watching or are you going to change the paid channel well you said the operative word there paid channel so since i am on a free (laughs) a free trial for hbo i don't know how it's possible for me to continue to watch though i would love to continue to watch so we'll see maybe i'll have to you know 
finagle something so that I can watch it once all the episodes are, you know, together. Yeah, what you can I, basically the 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 game is, and I actually think some of these networks deserve this because they have so little good. They'll have like one good show, and it's like, oh, you want me to basically subscribe and pay you every month uh for a year just to watch you know what eight ten episodes of some one great show that i like no wait for the whole series to the whole season to air a particular show you like join for a glorious month give them a month worth of money and you binge uh, uh, all the whole season and then you drop it like a hot rock exactly exactly i mean i would be willing to do that because i certainly am not on an ongoing basis going to do that but i i really it, it was a breath of fresh air i enjoyed the show so if i if there is a way for me to keep watching i will keep watching and you when it comes to a bliss a black lady sketch show <laughs> will, you keep, <laughs> will you keep watching or will you change the perpetual channel well, you know what? I am an HBO sucker for some reason. I, 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 I there's so many of my shows have been canceled. <laughs> so many of my shows are like Westworld take two years between seasons for some reason. They can't get it done in one year. Um, uh, so, I, but for some reason, I'm holding on, hope, holding on against hope. I'm, I'm keeping the dream alive of a good HBO. So. I am a huge fan of Robin Thede. I I've, I made it no secret. In fact, I am secretly stalking her. Well, well it used to be a secret until I just gave it up right now. I am all about this woman. This was hysterical. I have a really hard time. We talked about this on the show. Finding yeah. comedies where you actually laugh out loud is very hard to find. And I laughed multiple times. It was yes. a good, it was so funny. There was actually there's actually parts of it I'd watch again. I'd watch that that Rachel Delajean character over and over because um, again I hate <laughs> I hate her green eyes and ham too. So I want more more more. Can't wait. I don't know how long the season is supposed to be. How many episodes we're supposed to get? But I hope they're smart enough to get whatever I need. They need to instantly announce they're renewing it for another season. I want I so. more. I'm willing to give you money, HBO. But if you cancel my girl i will actually for the first time in my adult life live a life without hbo you see and it, it wasn't just robin feedy it was all the other cast members there um ashley nicole black gabrielle dennis and quinta brunson are also uh part of the main four cast members including robin feedy so i'm pulling for all of them i absolutely fantastic yeah, so basically, uh, uh, we're both of us are going to continue. I'm definitely going to keep watching. Tachi will keep watching when she's at a friend's house that also has HBO. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, so we got to move on to the next segment because we got a lot of stories to talk about. All right. So, Tachi, what was going on in the world of entertainment this week? Oh, my goodness. So much. So much going on. Um, let's 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 do this. Let's talk about Showtime and the upcoming Disney Plus and HBO Max stream. So we already know over the top is the big thing. These streaming channels, streaming networks are so huge and everybody is trying to do one now. You know, everybody laughed when Netflix was doing it, but now everybody's trying to get in the game. So a Showtime boss has mocked Disney Plus and HBO Max's upcoming streaming channels. So this was at the um, Television Critics Award, uh, Awards, basically. And 
opened they opened with a mocking declaration of the upcoming Showtime Max Maxi Plus streaming service and Gary so they have one too and Gary uh, I don't know if he says Levine or Levine so put Disney Plus HBO Max and all the streaming services on notice that the CBS owned premium cabler is ready for the battle with a sense of humor as a weapon he called uh, he extolled Showtime as quote an island of stability in an ever shifting media landscape he said we don't just dump a show, send an email, and hope it connects, um, which is a clear dig at all the newbies and Netflix. We let conversation build over months with new episodes, he said. Okay, we believe in our ability to compete. And he's harking to the pendulum swinging in the small screen business. I guess in your favor, is that what you're saying? Um, you have a lot of talk for somebody who has not... <laughs> debuted this channel yet so you don't know that it works i'm just saying what do you think well first of all it's so funny that that showtime would have any even dare anybody there associated with showtime would have the dare the audacity to open their mouth because they have canceled so many shows shows that i'm still bitter about i was a huge fan of uh penny dreadful they cancel that um with just like a back of the hand to their to the fans of the show because eva green was leaving the show they were they clearly had set it up to have a a new protagonist and um they just canceled it and um now they're bringing it back after uh after years because the show has become a huge hit for netflix and they're bringing it back with a completely different cast and set uh decades after the events of the first series so it really has no connection other than the name and just like you know we're not not falling for it it's not enough to bring, bring me back to, to to showtime they have canceled many shows so this whole waiting for a conversation to build um tell that to the to the creators and the fans of smilf that you didn't let a conversation build about that there's plenty of other shows that you have also canceled so yeah the, I, I have no idea what they're talking about um there they need more competition i haven't i haven't watched showtime or had showtime i actually had showtime for free um, I have Dish Network, and they gave it to me for free for like three months. I haven't watched one thing on it. There's like nothing there. Nothing. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I would much rather watch Disney Plus, even though I'm bitter about Disney Plus, because I feel like everything that's on Disney Plus should be on Netflix. It's just another thing to ask us for money for, to, 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 to watch Avengers Endgame or something, when that's going to probably be on exclusively on Disney uh, Plus. But... HBO, I mean, I mean, Showtime should, yeah, they need to sit down and shut up. Basically. But this presents some real problems now. Again, I talked about this on uh, Friday. I was a guest on a show on Friday. And I talked about the fact that I am really fearful of, though it won't look the same that it did before, it can't, consumers won't stand for it, but of consumers going back to the traditional model of everything being packaged together, kind of like what a cable did, but it's going to be way different. They can't go back to that old cable at all. But uh, they're giving consumers so much choice, and not only so much choice, but so much to pay for. Who's going to buy all of this stuff? I don't know why you think you're sailing, you know, everybody, oh, we could compete. Yeah, um, you have three things that I want to watch. You think I want to pay for this all the time? So what you're going to end up having is a lot of people, like they do now, picking it up and dropping it, picking it up and dropping it. So you're not going to have consistent streams of income. I don't know who thought this was a good idea, Showtime. 
Well, basically, I, I, Netflix was so successful. All these other platforms that were creating content for that would find its way onto HBO thought, like, wait a minute, why are we making a deal with with uh, why are we making a deal with Netflix for our content to go there when we could basically do this? We could be the over the top ourselves and just reach directly to our customers, interact with them that way. It'll be interesting to see how much this uh, service costs because people that already have HBO Go. Will that be the same thing? Will HBO Go be folded into this HBO Max, or will it be a completely different thing? Because um, HBO is a standalone app as it is, is doing pretty well, but are people expected to have HBO as well as HBO Max too? Well, so well, that's an interesting thing. So there are two apps. HBO Now is a standalone where you can pay fourteen ninety nine a month. HBO and Go get right. No, HBO Now is the one where you can pay $14.99 a month. HBO Go, you already have to have HBO, and then you can watch it like from wherever, that like on the go. That's what that means. So you can watch HBO from whatever device and just plug into your already the subscription you already have. Now is for people who don't have HBO already and you just want HBO. So you can pay that $14.99 a month. So there's HBO Now and HBO Go. So now that you have HBO, max this is a separate cost altogether is that so go really doesn't cost and you can only use go if you already have hbo so you're now asking me to pay a separate fee for this because we don't know exactly what it's going to be yet it debuts next year but i'm 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 skeptical you're asking for too much from people and at a point they're like look i simply don't have all this money and your content is not that interesting yeah, all the different services that are basically launching, there's going to be NBC is going to have their own over the top as well. <laughs> um, there's already Crackle already exists, which is Sony. And so right. I actually think the only one I think that, that has a real snowball's chance because they own so much content and they have so much goodwill um, is the mouse. It's got to be Disney Plus is the to me the only real contender right now against Netflix. Um, the second choice would maybe be this HBO Max if they're smart enough, which I don't think they will be, to basically fold in HBO subscribers into that where you'll basically either pay the exact same amount or add an extra dollar or two to get the extra content that may come via HBO mm. Not Max. enough diversity and stuff that you can get. That That's the problem. Netflix has a lot of diversity in what they offer. And so you're really getting something for what you're paying. For the rest, you are getting very specific things. So now we're looking at very niche audiences who want to get this stuff. Well, like you said, I agree. I think the only people who can compete against Netflix is the Disney because they've got Disney, they've got Fox, they've got a bunch of different things in there that, they, you know... Yeah, they've got Marvel they've got huge. Marvel, they've got Star mm -hmm. Wars. Right. That's huge. So you've got, it's niche, but you've got a large percentage of people that would probably buy just for that. All and remember, they channels, also own, they own ABC. So all the yeah, ABC, ABC content. Mm -hmm, all the ABC content as well. So you've got network, you've got uh, cable for children, you've got um, cable for adults, you've got, you've got a mix of different things. So because you've got so, and then they're going to be producing some more original programming. So I can see them competing somehow with Netflix, even if not fully, especially initially, there's competition there. The rest of them, I don't know. Well, also their, their price they're, they're, that they're reported to be charging is like $7 a month for Disney that, no. for Disney Plus so I th I definitely think people with families with kids are definitely going to sign up for Disney Plus 
um the question is will other people uh want to do it for any length of time or just do it for a little bit because like one of the things that i really hate is like cbs all access i have a real problem with them because they put a lot of stuff that no one was asking for on regular cbs like was there really a groundswell of people asking oh please do a reboot or a reimagining of magnum pi oh and could, by the way when you're working on that could you also give us a reimagined version of macgyver no one was crying out for that but that's on regular cbs what isn't on regular cbs star trek discovery a show um that stars for the very first time as a, a black uh, female protagonist. That show you have to pay uh 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 to be have CBS All Access to see that. But all of these reboots and reimaginings of like Hawaii Five O. Oh, that's on regular CBS. Um, the Good Fight, uh, the spinoff from The Good Wife that stars a woman of a certain age. Um, that show. Um, uh, very powerful female characters. Uh, very uh, uh, character-driven storylines. That show is that on regular CBS? No, you go watch this new MacGyver on CBS, and you pay us money to watch the Good Fight on HBO um, on on CBS All Access. And so there's going to be a new Picard show, Star Trek Picard. Super excited about it, and uh, but it's going to be on CBS All Access, and CBS All Access doesn't release their shows like HBO does. Uh, I'm not sorry, like like Netflix does, where the whole season drops at once. They dole it out once a week to try and keep you on the hook. But there is an answer for that, people. Wait for the whole series to pl- the whole season to play out. Once the whole season is on uh is on the website, then you basically join CBS All Access. Watch that whole season in a glorious binge-worthy month and then drop it like a hot rock yeah nothing else i want to see anyway so let's move on um from cb uh sorry showtime to netflix we've just been talking about them so netflix is doing something interesting we all know that binge watching is part of culture now that's what we do so much so that it's in the dictionary but this habit has some issues serious issues so netflix has decided to codify the rules so that couples can reach an agreement before settling onto the sofa first world problems according to deadline um i'm adding first world problems Anyway, so the new Netflix co-watching contract is a document that both partners have to sign with Netflix listed as a witness. And this document <laughs> is an, yes, yes. This document is an agreement to follow five rules before binge watching a show together. One, I won't fall asleep. Two, I won't get distracted by my phone causing the other person to rewind because I just missed something. Three, I won't continue watching a show without the other person present. Four, I won't talk whilst the show is on in the event that I come across a spoiler. Five, I won't share it with the other person, meaning the spoiler. So I guess this would be null and void in the event of divorce or a breakup. <laughs> yes. Uh, or breakup yeah, again but the the biggest part of that For- whole list there there actually is it's a it's kind of a joke but one thing that's actually serious because people not just couples but friends people have gotten like into huge arguments about where you're watching a show quote unquote with somebody and you go ahead without them oh they'll be held to pay again hashtag developed world problems who cares figure it out it's not that deep to me. 
I'm really upset that there's a, a contract and, <laughs> and that your relationship is so fickle that it's you very have to fragile, have, Tachi. It, 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 very you're, fragile. You're disrespecting my relationship. Uh, I'm sorry. It's very fragile. I'm it could, sorry. It could, I guess so. It's it's paper mache it's paper mache and yes when you're when you're friends with somebody or in a relationship and we agree this is quote unquote our show we're watching it together we're and then you find out like wait a minute what you already know who killed so and so you know you you watched without me well I, you're my ex now I guess mm, well clearly it doesn't bother me that much moving on <laughs> Stephen King hey. I'm a Stephen King fan. I'm not a horror fan, but I think that the man is really brilliant in a horror way. <laughs> yes, in a horror way. <laughs> in a horror way. So um, Stephen King is re- writing a continuation to the book, The Stand, or his book, The Stand, uh, for CBS's All Access Limited series. Can you let me get it out, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Before you be uh, commenced to booing. For an, CBS All Access's limited series adaptation, and again, this happened at TCA or the um, the Television Critics Association, uh, not awards. I said awards before association. Their conference that they're having. So it's a post-apocalyptic horror classic. If you've never read it, it's called The Stand, and it's been adapted for TV before in a 1994 ABC miniseries. Remember the age of the miniseries? Sheesh. Oh yeah, I loved miniseries. And that's thinking of that. What people keep using what the term used to be a miniseries, but now the new term, the new lingo, is a limited series. But what really bugs me. About this whole quote-unquote limited series thing i could get on board if it was like okay we're gonna tell this story and we're gonna tell this whole story of this book in six hours or, or 12 hours and that will be beginning middle and done move on to the next thing no one of the other limited series of a stephen king adaptation was under the dome on cbs uh over regular cbs network a few years ago and they claimed that was a limited series i'm like oh okay what a fun thing the whole the book of under the dome will be told to us over the summer in like 12 or 13 weeks cool and then at the end of 13 i'm like as we're getting closer to the end i watched it i'm like Wow, how are they going to possibly wrap all this whole story up in like 45 minutes? They don't have much time. And then as the as, as episode was happening, I'm like, how are they going to wrap all this up in the next 15 minutes? They don't have much time. How are they going to wrap all this up in the next five minutes? Because there's a lot going on. And they didn't wrap it up. And it was just like, and tune in next summer for the next season. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, what, wow. what the hell does the term limited series mean? It's a limited series until people actually start watching it. And then they're all like, oh, We'll bring it back for another year. Wow. Well, Thursday they revealed that King is going to write the last episode of the nine-episode series, providing a, quote, new coda that won't be found in the book. They said, for fans of the book who have wondered what became of the survivors of the, survivors of the stand, this episode will contain a story that takes us beyond the book to answer those questions. And this is according to CBS All Access's EVP, Julie McNamara. A continuation to the stand. We can't wait to share that with the world. 
That's what she said. Yeah, well, that so, this is clearly a going to be a series series. This limited series is a bunch of BS. If the, the, the character's continuing story, it will not just be that one hour. That's going to, if, if this people actually watch it, then the stand will be next year. The stand is just, just going to be a series. This is what this is, and this is what is pissing me off. I, I actually wish uh, Stephen King, and this is my idea, Stephen King, please do this. Your your fans deserve this, and if you want to give me a little cut for this idea, I wouldn't turn it down. But here's the idea. You need to basically do like an American Horror st- uh, Story type anthology series called The King Chronicles, where they basically retell the story of a book, one of your books, uh, or one of your novellas, <clears throat> in one season. So 12, 13 episodes, we're going to do Christine. That is the whole story is told period at the end move on to the next summer go on to a different book uh so please do joyland by the way joyland an incredible book of stephen king's it needs to be a movie or a series even and tell the whole story put a period on the end of it and never open that book again we're done the story has been told it needs to be called the king chronicles Wow, I love how you develop these <laughs> these products for these people, and <laughs> and they just keep hitting the back it. of their hand is what I can keep getting. I keep oh I God. try to help Tachi. I I'm just here to help, and uh, it just I keep being turned down. Wow. Well, one day somebody will will see your talent. They they need to see it. <laughs> this light shines too bright not to be seen. Well, speaking of revivals of things, friends. They have a whole bunch of us. You know, Friends is actually, I think, one of the most popular shows on Netflix. Uh, oh, it, absolutely. Not that's the one of the things. Yeah, that's why it's being snatched away from Netflix to go to back to the uh, the actual owners of the show's streaming service. Correct. Correct. So that's that's the whole thing with that. But, you know, where there's success in a TV show, there can also be success with swag. So there are all sorts of things that are happening. In fact, there was a, a coffee shop I read about that is designing like an entire kind of menu of drinks and stuff dedicated to like Central Perk type stuff. Yes, and the Rachel coffee drink. All, all the characters right. are going to have their own coffee drinks. Correct. So they're going to have their own coffee drinks, which is smart. I'm surprised. I'm Why did they take this, did this long? Before. Why did they what take the this hell? long? This is crazy. It makes no sense at all. I, I I don't get it. There should have been some some coffee house in New York that 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 has already done this. So in any case, um, they're not the only ones that are getting nostalgic coffee houses. It's also compelled Pottery Barn to curate a really kitschy collection of friends items for your home. So. You know, it it basically eternally celebrates them in your home um, and was created to ring in the show's 25th anniversary this fall. Can you believe it? It's been 25 years. I cannot believe it. I I remember my mother putting me in my bassinet in front of the TV for the premiere of Friends. And it it soothed (laughs) me and helped me to go to sleep. And so I have been a fan since infancy. So it's 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 hard to believe it's been 25 years. 
And if you believe that one, ladies and gentlemen, uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing about the about Friends, remember, there is a Pottery Barn episode of Friends, which is one of the most famous episodes. Yes, where with the apothecary table. The, yes. uh, the apothecary table where, yeah, where Phoebe basically uh, only wanted old things with vintage and, and they had backstories. And so Rachel was going and buying things from Pottery Barn and claiming that she was finding them in flea markets. Yes. <laughs> and, and saying, that, oh, what, what, what period is this this uh, table from? Um, yesterday year exactly (laughs) exactly so they actually are going to have um reasonably priced mugs and throw pillows and um let's see the apothecary table Actually. Yeah, which, which what was so funny about the idea that it was supposed to be like an uh, an, uh, an uh, something that that she found that was hundreds of years old, and, and it was a coincidentally, isn't it interesting that all these drawers perfectly fit CDs? And just like, yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss Phoebe. I I know, I know, I know. So they recreated this, uh, the apothecary table from the 90s. And they originally it was designed for CDs, right? And but uh, now, obviously, you can do other things with it. And so they actually have a, a picture of it kind of looks like a trunk. You We remember it. Uh, but now it, it costs uh, like almost $1,100. Well, you know what? Nostalgia ain't cheap, Taji. Well, they can keep their nostalgia because I don't need it that badly. Because what's going to happen is everybody's going to be all on this friends thing for a moment. Then they're going to forget about it. And you're going to start seeing these in thrift shops everywhere. <laughs> and you can really say, oh, this table really is from yesteryear. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but can, can you imagine the people who actually have the original apothecary tables from Pottery Bar- Barn? I uh, know. No, they are. They, see, they really do have something from yesteryear. And they can be proud of. They have the original, uh, the original fake uh, apothecary, ta- uh, apothecary exactly. table. The original so, fake. Uh, yeah, so I have the new fake, not the original classic fake. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so uh, don't be simple. Like I said, they have mugs and pillows and the apothecary table. Apparently, everything else is supposedly reasonably priced. Reasonably priced for them may be too expensive for me. I don't know what the mugs cost. Uh, but anything above ten dollars. Yeah, I'm surprised because be the, the, one of the big things about that show were the sets, and so I'm surprised that Pottery Barn isn't like making some like kind of the copies of some of the furniture, like the girls' apartment where Rachel and um, what was her name, Monica lived. That those chairs, that those sofas, I'm surprised that they haven't just basically recreated that whole thing because uh, that Friends is truly having a moment. It's amazing to think. That there are so many, you know, millennials and Gen Zers that the, they're watching Friends for the first time and they love it. The uh, it, it to them it speaks to a, a peaceful, calmer kind of time before you know cell phones were absolutely controlled all of our lives. And so it's almost for them it's like watching I Love Lucy or something. They want their lives to be like though them. They want to have a solid group of friends that they 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 they're like living. They're having parasocial relationships with them. So, I mean, I I can see that. I don't, you know, the whole thing is when you look back at the furniture from friends or whatever, with the exception of the apothecary table and some things in the girl's apartment, it's heavily jewel-toned. I don't know if that fits within the aesthetic of what's popular now, but Pottery Barn could probably make that popular. So I, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, and they can, and basically they can you can still sell the style of the of the furniture, just have it in different colors. So you don't That's have true. to have it in the exact same the original colors, but I'm sure hardcore stands would want it in oh, I want yeah, no, it's I not want the purple. Ra- I want the Rachel sofa and I want it in the original color. 
Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it is what it is. So, at a pottery barn near you, you can pick up some friend swag. All right, on to more TCA stuff. Uh, Fleabag has dominated with three trophies in addition to Better Call Saul. Wait, wait, wait. what does TCA stand for? I'm sorry. Uh, For the 17th time, TCA is the uh, Television Critics uh, Association. So there, yeah. it's a, so t- they're having a conference and their awards at the same time. We but the last two stories we talked about that, so that's why I just said TCA this time. But uh, for people just who need for a people reminder, that are just, people that are just joining us, sorry, uh, just joining in the middle of a podcast. How, <laughs> how <laughs> oh, we're on the radio as well, Tachi. How very dare you? We're on the radio as well. Some, people might just, but the point is, you're just supposed to listen from the beginning. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Well, I care about our listeners who, whenever you join, I, I'm, I am just like the friends. I am there for you. You cared so much that you told them in the beginning when you wanted them to subscribe. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge's global takeover has continued in earnest uh, Saturday. Um, she's from the series Fleabag, and Fleabag is dominating the 2019 critics. Uh, Television Critics Association Awards with three trophies, including Best Comedy Series, Best Comedic Performer for Waller Bridge, and the coveted Program of the Year. So she, who in addition to being Fleabag's titular star, is also the show's creator, writer, and executive producer. She was there for the non-televised ceremony, which was hosted by Jesus and Merrow. Have you ever watched their show? No, I haven't. So Jesus and Mero started off on Vice. They had a show on Vice and, you know, racy, racy, edgy. So now they've moved over to Showtime. So, um, yeah, anybody who is a Vice fan or now knows their new show knows Jesus and Mero. So um, could this then also indicate that this is Fleabag is going to be an Emmy sweep as well? Hmm. Yeah, it definitely bodes well for Fleabag. People are loving it. Critics everywhere seem to be loving it, as well as the fans. In fact, uh, Amazon Prime Video, where the show airs, is begging for a fourth season. The creator and star of the show only imagined it as a three-season arc. And so they're trying to woo her with money and flowers and diamonds to come back for a fourth season. So fans will have to wait to find out if uh, all of HBO, uh, all of uh, Amazon Prime's money was able to lure. Maybe they'll give her, offer her free Prime membership. That would keep oh, me. That'll do it. That would get me for uh-huh. another year. But you know what? Honestly, Tachi, <laughs> we, I have we to won't s- work for Trader Joe's cards. Gift cards. Uh, I mean, but, come as, on. Uh, but honestly, I, even though this is going to bode well for the show, um, when it comes to any time, I don't think it should because honestly, the Television Critics Association is illegitimate. Many people believe that, and I'm not just simply saying that because of the fact that they will not allow us to be a part of the association, right. even though many people feel that clearly it, to have a, a group of television critics and not have Tachi and Kevin from TV channeling be a, a members of the group just by default makes it illegitimate in many people's eyes. I'm not, I'm not saying that's exactly how I feel. I'm just saying that's what people are saying. That's what, that, that's what they say, them. That's what they're saying. They're so saying. I, I just, you know, I, I, I think that they might have a point. Um, well, <laughs> so even though, might feel. I'm sorry. Even though you feel that it's illegitimate, there were some other winners besides Fleabag. Well, it doesn't really matter to me. But go well, ahead. Okay. <laughs> 
Better Call Saul won for Best Drama Series. And Michelle Williams was Best Dramatic Performer for FX's limited series Fosse Verdon, which we reviewed here on TV Channel. Yes, we did. And that's, again, we reviewed it here on TV Channel because we are television reviewers that should be a member of this association. Exactly. Netflix's Russian Doll for Best New Program. That's another show that we intended to review and we watched, but we did not. Yes, technical difficulties. Yes, exactly. Chernobyl for Best Limited Series or Movie. HBO's Michael Jackson Expose, Leaving Neverland for Best News Information Program. And Netflix's Queer Eye for Best Reality Show. Not surprised. They've been, you know, racking up buzz all over the place. Um, well, they've been, they haven't been using their queer eyes because they've been overlooking us here at TV Channel. Yeah. Well, instead want, of, you, you, no, you, don't, you, you better not call Saul. You better call Tachi and Kevin and invite <laughs> them to be a part of the, of the association. Oh, dear. Yes, please, I agree. I, there's no reason we should. We review television. Uh, I, I don't understand your Yeah, their criteria, criteria. Is, is clearly flawed. It is. Clearly. Which is why many people are saying the, the association is illegitimate. Not me, <laughs> personally. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying what many others are saying. Well, and, they're, and, and they're saying that what, what would immediately make it legitimate is adding both of us to the organization. So that's not my feeling. That's what their people are saying. So. Okay, well. There you go. Um, <laughs> let's, let's move on. So there, there are a couple of things going on, right, in terms of uh, television, uh, uh, particularly over at Netflix, right? There's a lot of stuff happening. So 13 Reasons Why. They released a new trailer for the upcoming third season uh, that spoiled a major death. So you've seen the trailer, right? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. And I'm going to because we're actually going to kind of do a follow-up on 13 Reasons Why. Okay, so yeah, I will not talk about it in depth, but oh my god, yes, people out there, you've got, if you were a remotely a fan of the show or you watched season one, you need to see the trailer for season three. Well, okay, well, so should I not say who the funeral was for? Should I just leave that? Um, yeah, they you mention say, it in the article. You can, yeah, so. it, okay, you can go ahead and say. Okay, so I mean, it's all out there because it's a, spo- it's a spoiler in the. Yes, and it's, they all probably over, it's all over that. social. It's all over. It's social. all over social. So Bryce Walker, uh, who was a main cast member, uh, died apparently. Don't know how or whatever, but because I haven't seen the trailer. So Netflix also announced that the series was renewed for a fourth and final season. Of course, we talked about this before. Reason 13 Reasons Why Season 3 will be available on Netflix on Friday, August 23rd. So coming up in a few weeks, that's going to happen. All right. So also, um, uh, Riverdale. (laughs) One of your favorites. Um, has tapped Supergirl Sam Witwer to play Jughead's prep school teacher? Do we need more sexy teachers? I mean, bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> bloody hell. Uh, uh, all the teachers at Riverdale High are insanely sexy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the and, whole the whole faculty could do. They could. They should sell calendars because they are hot. Exactly, exactly. This is really cool. CBS All Access has ordered a new series based on the David Bowie film, The Man Who Fell to Earth, developed by Alex Kurtzman and Jenny Lumet. That's according to Deadline Hollywood. And they report that the limited series has been in development for over a year at Hulu, but it has since shifted ownership, obviously. 
And um, according to Kurtzman and Lumet, the reboot was inspired by the day Steve Jobs announced the first version of the iPhone. So as such, a reboot does not feature Bowie's iconic Thomas Jerome uh, Newton, but a new central alien character inspired by some of the biggest tech innovators of the past couple of decades, including Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, and Jeff Bezos. I am really interested in seeing this, but unfortunately, where is it? CBS All Access. Oh, oh damn it. Yeah. Curses. I, I, curses. <laughs> drat. And well, I would have succeeded. I, I, I will actually, if what I will do is I'll wait for the whole season to air on, <laughs> because they only deal, they only give you one precious episode at a time, and then I will watch that. I'll watch Picard, and I will watch, um, um, I will watch Star Trek Discovery, and I will watch The Good Fight in one glorious binge-worthy month. Yes, I mean this is what you're going to have to do. Okay, so this is also big news. You know I'm a Whovian. I absolutely love Doctor Who. In fact, I have a mini model of the TARDIS sitting right in front of me right now uh, with a thing that lights up. It has lights. So Doctor Who's New Era back catalog is moving to HBO Max. This is according to Variety. So HBO's new streaming service has acquired the exclusive rights to the BBC series in the United States. This also means that HBO, HBO Max will become home to future seasons of Doctor Who soon after they air on BBC America. So if you are Team TARDIS, you can expect the series to move in spring of 2020. And the move is going to include all the seasons since the 2006 revival of the series, including the most recent 11th season who stars Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor. Now, my thing is I don't give a damn as long as you let the or the recent episode, the new episodes air on BBC. You could do whatever the hell you want with the rest of them. But the new ones better air on BBC America. Yeah, I was going to say, because we already have BBC America. So, yeah, it's good news that for those of us that already have that can still watch Doctor Who there. And you don't have to uh, go and watch it on HBO Max. Exactly. And that's not it's, that's not the only British property that's moving over to HBO Max. They're also adding 700 episodes of iconic BBC series, including the original UK version of The Office, Luther, which stars Idris Elba, and the series top gear which i I love all of those shows um and more shows that will be available when the services service launches in spring now this is the interesting thing to me britbox just debuted not too long ago right so this is now in direct competition with BritBox. Yeah, but you know what? BritBox goes so much deeper than bbc america because bbc america honestly it, it's so surface and so I'm exactly like, i'm like you're you're just showing star trek the next generation that's not even a what british the hell show. is that what's cra- i mean i know it stars sir patrick stewart who is who is british but still they they show so many things that like have zero to do with at least at one point and they only only did that for 15 minutes they used to air the uk version of law and order for 15 minutes and it was kind of cool to see their take on their legal system but they like axed it pretty quickly they don't show us any britcoms zero Britcoms on bbc america so bbc america is more america than bbc if you ask me it really is so it you know you're right it's going so much deeper but that doesn't mean that hbo won't try and go for some of these other you know these are the shows that are popular with american audiences but dare i say there are other shows that would also be very popular so it remains to be seen whether or not they go after some of these other british properties and really become a uh i wouldn't say a major competitor but a competitor 
Well, I say stay. You better stay away from uh, uh, PBS. You leave Agatha Christie alone, uh, HBO Max. Oh, leave well, her alone. Okay, news on that. PBS is having their own streaming service like a PBS Plus. So all of that stuff is going to be there. Yes. Yes. I love my Brit. Murder is best with a British accent. Exactly. You don't. You don't. You, you forgive it a little more. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your, your accent is so oh. charming. Those these horrible grisly murders are all forgiven. I can't be mad at you. So moving on off of BBC America and HBO Max on to uh, something that happened with the rookie. Rookie co-star Afton Williamson claims that she quit. Now, again, we had heard that she left the series, right? Yeah, and it was already announced that she was not going to be a part of season two. And it was a big shock because um, that's when the money starts rolling in. After When you're on a show that's, uh, that has its first season, once we move past that, that's when the money is going to start soon rolling in in earnest. And why would you drop a show like that that actually is getting some traction exactly. well now we know well and that you, you stop making uh, uh money like your accountant uh, your yearly salary of accountant you start to make some real money so uh, not that accountants don't make money but in comparison to somebody on a show yeah so she claims that she quit the abc series over racism and sexual misconduct on set so she's a series regular she played john nolan's training officer talia bishop and again, we said she's not coming back for a season two. And she posted on Instagram that she quit ABC because of systematic racism slash racially charged comments, bullying and sexual harassment, which remained largely ignored by the producers of the show until sexual harassment by the head of the hair department escalated to a sexual assault and the rap party at, at the rap party and the person was fired. So. She claims that she had reported inappropriate behavior to, uh, by the hair department and a recurring guest star to executive producer, showrunner, Alec Alexi Hawley. But her claims were not investigated and the recurring guest star was allowed to continue, leading to her decision to leave the show. So... She said, throughout the uh, filming of the pilot, I experienced racial discrimination slash racially charged inappropriate comments from the hair department and bullying from executive producers. During the season, it continued along with sexual harassment from a recurring guest star and the racist commentary and bullying from the hair department head escalated into sexual assault at our rap party. The sexual harassment, uh, though reported, directly to the showrunner EP remained undocumented and was not reported to the HR as promised to HR as promised. The hair department head was fired only after the sexual assault and not for an entire year of outward racism, racially charged language and bullying behavior in and out of the hair and makeup trailer. Okay, so this is what she said. Number one, HR is useless. I, I'm sorry for anybody out there who is an HR professional, but having known people who have dealt with them in, at universities, it's a different thing. HR is there to make the company look good. And they only get involved in these types of things and escalated when there's a fear that they're going to get in trouble. So HR, you're completely useless. Do better. That's why. So Tachi, what you're saying is that they're not a good resource? Not at all. They resource something, but it's certainly not humans. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just absolutely terrible in a lot of camps. Sure, there's some good PR, uh, sorry, HR professionals, but 
from just these personal horror stories I have heard. They're there to make the company look good and not for you. Basically. Yeah, all our HR listeners are are are, in, are are currently unsubscribing to our show. Thanks. Tom. That's fine because maybe then it will make you think. If you're unsubscribing, <laughs> that means you are part and parcel of the problem. Bye. <laughs> I could give near a damn. Bye. But if you're one that's trying to do better and you are one that is actually trying to make HR look good and to really be there to service the people that work there, then kudos to you. But there are so many I, I personal stories that I know and then studies that talk about this. So, you know, stop being useless. Uh, but it, the other thing is this. So, while, the, of course, sexual harassment is terrible, but you see people rally more around the sexual harassment thing. And it has a lot to do, you know, with the Me Too movement and stuff. And who is the face of the Me Too movement? I'll leave that there. But when it comes to racism, it seems to be more of an acceptable thing. So we won't do too much about that. Well, it's, what's shocking to me is after all of the Weinstein and all of the Me Too stuff that's been in the news, that she could be going through something like this uh now and have it be completely ignored and let it escalate till someone is actually sexually assaulted at a rap party is ridiculous it's just like when will people learn this lesson and pay attention when people are actually saying something when they're the canary in the coal mine saying that there is a problem and anybody who's going to boldly do something be uh be sexist or be racist it's not going to just stop with words it can, it's going to get worse especially when it's basic when people look the other way and allow and, and basically that cosigns when nothing happens when somebody complains and nothing happens that only gives the person car, car blanche to just continue continue uh their their systematic you know uh oppression uh of other uh co-workers so uh, it's to me it's really sad i'm really sad to hear that this was going on and that nothing was done and i absolutely do believe her because i don't think that she would leave a hit show in its second season for nothing absolutely well you know thoughts with afton williamson and hoping that it all works out and that you get the justice that you desire and deserve. Yeah. All right, let's talk Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee's daughter is actually saddened by the mockery in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, that's that new Quentin Tarantino movie that is out now. So his daughter, Shannon Lee, says it was disheartening to see Quentin Tarantino depict her father in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as an arrogant a-hole who was full of hot air. So in the film, and there's some spoilers here, so I'll try and do my best. Brad Pitt's stuntman character Cliff Booth trades cocky insults with Bruce Lee, who's played by Mike Moe, and the two agree to an informal best two out of three rounds fight on the set of the Green Hornet TV show. So Lee easily knocks Booth down in the first round, but in the second, Booth slams Lee into a car, stunning him. The fight is interrupted before the third round. So Shannon says it's disheartening to see her father portrayed as an arrogant blowhard because in truth, as an Asian American in the 1960s Hollywood, he had to work much harder to succeed than both Booth and Rick Dalton, who's played by Leonardo DiCaprio, the fictional white protagonists of the film. She says, I can understand all the reasoning behind what is portrayed in the movie. I understand that the two characters are anti-heroes and this is the a sort of like a rage fantasy of what would happen. And they're portraying a period of time that clearly had a lot of racism and exclusion. 
I, she also added, I understand they want to make the Brad Pitt character the super badass who could beat up Bruce Lee, but they didn't need to treat him in the way that white Hollywood did when he was alive. So a representative for Tarantino didn't respond to request to comment on Monday. And Shannon Lee says Tarantino may be trying to make a point about how Lee was stereotyped, but it doesn't come across that way. Oh, yeah, they didn't comment, and they're not going to comment. There's no—the idea they're going to portray him as some arrogant a-hole that is, you know, stepping on people— no, the, the, he did not have the luxury of uh, being that way. Any person of color that had any, any kind of position like that on a television show or uh, had an acting career at that time, um, there was no way. And so it is just this revisionist history to paint him that way. I can see why she's uh, upset about her father Absolutely. being portrayed in a way that just logic tells you could not have, could not have happened. If you're logical, this is pure non-melanated fantasy. And the whole thing is there are probably people that will see it that are like, oh, wow, I didn't know. You dumb. See, that's that's what uh, privilege family does. Family show, family show. No, no, you, well, you dummy. That's my favorite word. So privilege does this to you where you have no clue that that could never have been the case because as an Asian American actor in the 1960s, if you even got a role, you weren't there trying to make trouble on the set. That was your show. Come on, come the hell on. I'm, I'm like, that incenses me. So my thing is that is pure, like you said, revisionist history and pure non-melanated fantasy absolute malarkey come on do better yeah so i so. agree with shannon uh shannon lee yeah you know Qu- quentin tarantino yeah yeah anyway anyway let's move anyway, on so our final story of today and we've done a little bit better i think in terms of time uh let's make this let's rock and roll and make this work so i'm sure you've heard about this viral rant by on uh was it on twitter yes on no facebook it was a repost on twitter from a facebook rant by a mom who was calling for disney world to ban people without children from disney world yeah so one parent's vented frustration spurred a very heated debate should guests without children be allowed into disney world now if you're asking how this fits uh come on it's disney they are only the largest media company in entertainment the world, exactly and entertainment company in the world so this absolutely fits and their theme parks are part of that so it started when a twitter user shared a screen grab of an old facebook post that was made by an upset mother lashing out at childless adults for visiting Uh, Walt Disney World theme park. She said, this is the mother, DW is a family in Caps Amusement Park, she wrote. Later adding, DW is for children in Caps. People without children in Caps need to be banned in Caps. So the end, the angry rant, the mother claims that adults who visit without children cause longer lines and make the experience more difficult for adults with children. The rant was the conclusion of her own experience with her three-year-old son who allegedly acted out after she told him they couldn't wait in a long line for a pretzel. Oh, can I stop and say something here, please? Please, yes. please, 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 please. A, that's your damn fault that you have not your cho- taught your children to have enough self-control that they're going to act the hell out for a pretzel. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. <laughs> that, we would have gone straight. Come on, let's. 
I and I a lot of other parents I did would have taken their children straight home. Well, that's the end of Disney World for you today. Bye. I that wish was, I that, would. That have. was that child's one chance to get a Mickey shaped pretzel. Those don't grow on trees, Tachi. Well, that's what he gets. One get. place you see, can get it. But see, when you know that this is the only place and that you getting that Mickey-shaped pretzel depends on your be- you behaving well, you find a way to behave. <laughs> all, all you had to do was look at that child when they started, they would shut right up because they would know, we'll leave, okay? Number two, that's what three-year-olds do. That's what you have to understand. So that's lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on other people's part. That's number two. Number three, how entitled and first world can you be? What um, they pointed out in People Magazine, and I watched the little video as well, is that, you know, there are a lot of people who did not get a chance to go when they were younger. And so now this is their chance to go. You have to, again, from an entitled point of view, do you know how many people can't afford to go to Disney World? where it's a major thing for them and they could never afford their parents either worked or did whatever and they couldn't go and so now is their chance when i was young my mother was in school she was working on her masters she didn't have time to take us to disney world nor did she want to spend that money to do that and we were in upstate new york so that wasn't going to happen so my mother's thing was like when you get older you you go if you want i don't necessarily have the desire to go now but I feel like if I if that's something I wanted to do because I didn't have the chance when I was younger, I should be able to do that. You and you and your son can make stone soup on the beach. I could give ne'er a damn whether he started crying. That's you and your lack of parenting that he even a saw fit to carry on in public, embarrassing you again. That never would have happened with me. Two, he's three years old. This is what three-year-olds do. So you should have found a way to distract him with some other Mickey paraphernalia or puzzle. You didn't plan, and that's not our fault. And three, the fact that you are entitled and got a chance to um, to visit doesn't mean other people have. So you want me to consider your damn son, but you don't want to consider other people's reason? Please, take the number 14 train to hell. Go ahead, Kevin. What were you going to well, say? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That soapbox is on fire. <laughs> you burned it down, Tachi. Um, let's, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I don't have much to say other than the, uh, what's what's funny is, again, it, there is no way Disney is blocking any of those dollars. So they make so much money f- uh, from adult fans. It's shocking. The like, oh, oh, my God, the merch. There's a whole thing about Disney fashion now where there's like Cruella de Vil purses and and uh, Malef- Maleficent dresses and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. And and and, pur- and purses and that so not just like like t-shirts the days no. of just t-shirts are a long gone and the adult designer Mickey ears that are like forty five dollars fifty dollars so yeah they they make a lot of money off adult fans of Disney Disney wants to keep cashing all uh, cashing in on all that so that you they don't care if your kid is unhappy um or what in fact they did they absolutely could choose to do like a family day where you can't come into the park without a child. Uh, or something like that, but they're not going to do it because that's going to basically hold back their money. They have all kinds of scams. They have like early magic hours where you pay money to be or after staying in a certain hotel to uh, get to the park like an hour before it opens. They have these other events where the park closes for regular general admission guests at like six or seven o'clock in the evening, and you pay an additional amount of money to stay in the park for later. So they're making way too much money. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, and you know the. Uh, uh, the host of um, the, the People Show, they even 
even said, you know, well, something that they could do is like make an uh, all adult night or all adult days and, you know, not separate from every but but they could, you know, even spin that out uh, even further. The fact is, lady, if you never went to Disney World again, they would not care and they would be none the wiser and they're not going to spend time and energy trying to cater to you and woo you to come back because your little 100 and something dollars per ticket did you know, does nothing for their bottom line. Nothing. Not that you don't matter, but you really don't. So, Well, I, I actually wouldn't mind if they did both. They could, they could basically have an all-family all day where you have to come in with a child and they could do adults adults nights or whatever where it was just all, all grown-ups. Nobody under under uh, under 17 or whatever allowed in Disneyland on those days. That I think they would actually sell more tickets in both cases. I think People would come for the family day and people would come for the adult night. And did she ever think that people who were in line when her child was carrying on didn't want to be bothered with with her bad parenting? I mean, no, she didn't think about that. That, that, that she didn't think about that you were bothering other people. So, well, the crazy thing is, is, is literally everything there is Mickey shaped. The idea that she couldn't get that kid something else Mickey shaped to basically pacify him Distract in Disney him. World. Distract him. Pretzel? Kids don't even really like pretzels that much. It's the well, apparently shape. Apparently that kid did. But, it's but the, the shape. So it's the it's the it's absolutely the shape, and even if it was the pretzel, let's say that this is an unusual kid who just loves pretzels. Again, they every every other place in Disney World can you can get a Mickey shaped pretzel. So that's not the only place. There's nothing at Disney World where this is the one place you can get this like those Mickey bars. You can get those Mickey ice cream bars everywhere everywhere so there's somewhere there's somewhere else where somebody is selling it in fact you can ask a cast member uh uh which is what they call the employees they're their cast members say excuse me is there another place my child's getting impatient is there any place else i could go to buy a mickey shaped pretzel do that as opposed to spending your time writing some stupid rant on facebook Exactly, and I wish they had said her name because I would love to say it. How dare you? How very, <laughs> very dare you? So uh, di- di- let me just, this last thing about this. Um, this is what Walt Disney said. This is what it says at Disneyland and Disney World. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past, and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America with the hope it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Were you reusing that credo when you complained on Facebook, which? That no, basically she was says not. No, it, it is for it is everybody. for kids of all ages. That's that's Disneyland has always sold itself as for kids of all ages. Um, reignite your own childhood imagination. That's what it's all about. So it is not just for kids. It's for everybody. Even though I will say that there are certain places or certain movies. Like if there's some kid movie, you would feel kind of creepy going to the theater by yourself. It's <laughs> like oh god, everybody's looking at me because I don't have a kid with me. So I'm surprised that so many people do feel absolutely free to go by themselves to uh some kid-centric place yeah, because absolutely. i'm I, i'm kind of even even I, i'm there by myself i'm still looking at everybody else that's there by themselves kind of shifted like like what are you doing here it's well okay but one other uh walt disney quote he said you're dead if you aim only for kids adults are only kids grown up anyway Ah, uh, oh, but uh-huh. you know what? The so, magic of Walt, except except for the whole, uh, you know, Nazi ties. He Nazi was a great man. Nazi ties and racism. <laughs> except for the, oh, yeah, and the, oh, my God, <laughs> Song of the South. Yeah, so he's kind of canceled as far as I'm concerned as you're, well. You're, can- you're canceled. I'm going to use you as, as fodder for why this woman is in Egypt, but, you know, you're still canceled. So anyway... <laughs> 
Speaking of and, that, you know, and how could he be? You know, Mickey is black too. Has Mickey ever spoken out against Walt? You know, no, never. How, when is Mickey black? Uh, have you not seen Mickey Mouse? He is black. <laughs> have, you, have you not seen him? He's black. He has a tan face with black ears. Is this what you're referring to? He has to black as? ears, black arms. Have you not seen him? Black legs. So he is black. So he's just a mouse with vitiligo? Is this what you're Yes, he, I was going to say, he suffers from the exact same condition, skin condition that Michael Jackson had. Oh, good night. It's time to end because I That's see... That's why right he then. wears the gloves, Tachi. That's why he wears the gloves. On that note... <laughs> We want to thank everyone who so graciously gave up their time to listen to TV channeling. It's because of you we do this. It is. And Tachi, if people want to hear more episodes of TV channeling, because we have a deep, rich back catalog, where can they listen? Oh, so many places. We are on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Google Play. You can listen to us on TuneIn Radio. You can listen to us on Pocket Cast, uh, basically any of your favorite podcasting apps. Just um, also go to, oh, and um, uh, Spotify, Spotify, oh. Spotify as well. Don't forget about Spotify. That's a big one. And you can go to tvchanneling.com and listen that way. Or you can listen to us live on Tuesdays and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on WJMSRadio.com. We're there with a whole bunch of other cool people. And there are two other shows we do that are on WJMSRadio.com. I'll talk about mine first and then I'll let... Uh, Kevin talk about his. I also do a media scope on Wednesday. I talk about the latest in media tech and pop culture news every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern time and sorry, 6 p.m. Eastern time and 3 p.m. Pacific Wednesdays. And Kevin, tell them about your other shows on TV channel. Okay. Um, I have you know. two other shows on, <laughs> WJMS. On, on, on WJMS radio. I have a little thing called a uh, movie gnome weekend box office where I count down the top 10 movies and give you all kinds of movie info, uh, trivia and, uh, and just fun and hopefully hilarity. And I have another show that, um, Tachi also kind of wanders onto it from time to time uh, called last week where we recap the week's events uh, in a fun way and we also review movie trailers and talk about pop culture and news uh, we're irreverent and somewhat, somewhat snarky so we have a lot of fun and so that show is available uh, last weekly is available every Sunday on WJMS radio as well as your favorite podcast app and um, also uh, uh, movie known weekend box office is on WJM radio every Monday, um, I believe five o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock Pacific, and uh, last weekly is on Sundays at four thirty p.m. Eastern, one uh, thirty p.m. Uh, Pacific. And so, please check them out, and you can follow. Uh, uh, and also, um, weekend box office uh, is available online. The podcast to search for is Gnome Alone Radio. So like and subscribe both those shows as well as. Uh, uh, show. Don't forget to check it out. Mediascope is hilarious. It, she talks about pop culture. She talks about tech and things that we both love. So also, you can join live uh, when it's happening and actually message Tachi directly. And often I'm there. And so I'm in the room messaging people and talking with them. So it's so much fun.
Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Mediascope is live, and we're also uh, on Periscope and Facebook Live as well. And, ooh, first here, you heard it first, Mediascope is also now approved to be on LinkedIn Live. So you're going to be able to watch it on LinkedIn Live as well. That is huge news, Tachi. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. So now that we've sufficiently plugged all of our our projects, (laughs) if you want to... If you want to contact us about TV channeling or, you know, just whatever. Or any other projects. Or any other project we're doing, any other of the 20 million, how can they get in touch with us on social, Kevin? Okay, we are everywhere on social, Tachi. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Snapchat. And my personal favorite, uh, Twitter. (laughs) My brain just like completely. You love it so much. you can't. I love it so much. It just popped out of my head on Twitter. And we're known as TV channeling everywhere. And we would love to hear from you. So if there's a TV show you'd like us to review or something going on in pop culture that you want to hear our take on, let us know. And we would love it if you'd subscribe or follow us on uh, social. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Oh, and you can like and subscribe us. Uh, so, so like, subscribe, and leave a review on any of the podcasting apps as well. Yes, and we love positive reviews. Yes, we absolutely do. And we love you for listening. So we're going to let you get back to whatever it was you were doing before you started listening to us. We'll sign off the way we always do. Bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it all summer long. Cheers. Bye. Bye.